Welcome to the Raiders Training Camp Podcast, presented by SiriusXM. Live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, here are your hosts, Jesse Merrick and Eddie Pascal. Well, Raider Nation, we have made it to the end of training camp and the end of this show. Eddie Pascal hanging out with Jesse Merrick on our season finale of the Raiders Training Camp Podcast, presented by SiriusXM. Jesse, it has felt really, really long. But also, like, really fast at the same time. Yeah, you know, as they say, like, time flies when you're having fun, right? Uh, It's crazy. We were just talking before we got going. Like, this camp, I feel like, has had more breaks built in, at least for me. You know, I know you got to come into the (laughs) office every day. But, uh, you know, some days we're going to have to come down here. So this one didn't feel as, you know, I think long as previous camps have, for me at least. Yeah, and I think that the schedule, I think, you know, big credit to Josh and the staff for kind of building out the schedule in a way where it did feel like we kind of had some of those natural breaks, right? We came back from the Hall of Fame game. You have a weekend. I think we had a weekend, not this past one, but the one previous. So there were these kind of natural breaks that Mm -hmm. kind of in the course of camp that you typically don't get. But all the same, I still feel like I haven't really known what day it is for about (laughs) four and a half weeks, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, We just wrapped up yesterday, I should say, uh, joint practices with the New England Patriots, something that we've had circled on the calendar for a very, very long time. I'm curious for your take because I was, I, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but I don't know if I really thought that joint practices were going to go the way that they went. But, like, two days in, now we have a chance to kind of reflect and look back on what we learned. Like, what are your, your big top-end takeaways from the past 48 hours? Like, the first thing that honestly stuck out to me, and it really doesn't have anything to do with, like, the football itself, but just, like, how kind of chill things yeah. were, if that makes sense. You 100%. know, like, I expected, you know, we saw when they went to L.A., it was very, like, hey, you know, we're going to war here. Like, we got something to prove, all this stuff. And not to say that this team doesn't feel like they have something to prove, but it was just very much a business-like you know, respect between the two teams that we're going to get some good work in, we're going to compete, and boom. There wasn't, like, there was jawing back and forth, but no, you know, wild, like, crazy things like we've seen in years past and stuff like that uh, when the Rams have come to town and whatnot. So, for me, it was just like, this is what you want when you put it down on the calendar that you're going to have this thing go down, you're going to have joint practices go down. And also, too, just even, like, a bit of a surprise factor, like, who would have thought that the Raiders would be giving the keys to the facility, essentially, to the Patriots at any point? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, you know, living in a bit of a uh, bit of bizarro world. But speaking yeah. of, uh, for those of you that are listening to the audio version of the show, in just a little bit, Jesse and I are going to take a water break, and we're going to play our, our interview with Tamara Brown, who covers the Patriots for Patriots.com. And it was great to kind of get the other side of yeah. just the, uh, the spectrum a little bit and kind of see her reactions to Allegiant, her reactions to this beautiful facility, kind of her take on what we've seen the past couple of days. So if you're watching on YouTube, you won't see that. But if you are listening uh, on the Raiders Podcast Network, make sure you hang out with us and, and Jesse and I will get to that in a little bit. But my big takeaway was was really the same as yours, where I think the mentality and, and kind of the way in which both these teams went about business, I don't want to say was surprising, right? Yeah. Because you look at a Bill Belichick-led team, you look at a Josh McDaniels-led team, the one thing that we both know that they're going to share in common, disciplined, very business-like approach to work. And that's what we saw. Now, going back to a year ago, and I'm not saying that there was not that, that approach, but those two days in L.A. were wild, yeah, wild in really entertaining, fun ways, and in ways that you know, in hindsight, you wish were were not right. With the having to call the <laughs> call the second practice day a bit early, but for me, seeing both these teams go about business for two days in such a professional manner, in such a uh, a way of like, yo, we're here to work, we're not here to do anything else. I think, like I said, surprising is the wrong word, but it's something that really stood out to me. Yeah, I think, you know, essentially like they squeezed all the juice that they possibly could yep. have out of these last couple of days, you know, and that's great. And, you know, everyone that's obviously followed along on social media, whether it's, you know, us and the media here in Vegas, the media from Boston, you know, they saw that the Raiders had a great first day. I don't think it was as drastic as a lot of the Boston reporters made it out to be, you know, they weren't like mopping the floor with them, but 
the Raiders looked really good. And I think that's something where they're kind of, again, like proving a point. Like, hey, man, like, you know, we're here. Like, we're, we're one of the teams in the, in the uh, you know, NFL that you got to look out for. And also kind of planting those seeds of doubt. Again, this is a long way down the road in December when the Pats do come back to town. But you don't think for a second that, like, you know, the guys that went up against Devontae or the guys that went up against Max aren't going to be thinking back to what happened over the last couple of days here. When those two guys, they showed that they're the top dogs on the team for a reason. A thousand percent. And one, you know, one thing that really stood out to me is I, talking to Eric Allen after the game on Saturday and then talking to him throughout the past couple of days is he was telling me, he goes, look, Devontae should look good. Yeah. Right? Like, he's Devontae Adams. It doesn't matter who you line up against him. He should look good. And he goes, but the thing to keep in mind is that they're even in mid or I guess technically late August now, he goes, there is a thousand percent a chess game going on between Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. What they want to show, what they're comfortable showing. He goes, look, the reality is Bill was showing defensively about as vanilla as vanilla can get yeah. against the Raiders offense, as he should, knowing full well that in about four months they're coming back to town to do this thing for real. So I think I don't want to dampen enthusiasm and dampen excitement in any way, shape, or form. Because to your point, did the Raiders look really, really good over the past couple of days? 100% they yeah. did. Did they look the way that we wanted and expected them to look? 1,000%. Now, let's take a step back, take a deep breath, and understand that Bill wasn't throwing the crazy Matrix, <laughs> you know, the Matrix blitzes. He wasn't going full Neo and, you know, being the one. Like, it, there's kind of levels to this, and the Raiders checked a box, a very major box, but I think it's important to remember to keep everything in context. Exactly, and you have to do that throughout the entire preseason, specifically again this week, where, look, we could be sitting here saying the exact opposite, saying that they didn't check these boxes, that it's like, oh man, you know, this team has some work to do, which obviously they still do, like every team does, but we could be sitting here saying, oh man, the Patriots came in and dominated. That's not what we're sitting here saying, like, and then that's something that Raider Nation has to latch onto, regardless of the fact of whether it's preseason or not. You know, they did have the extra week of training camp, you know, that a lot of teams didn't, uh, didn't have. But you look at the work that was done, good stuff, you know, guys that flashed here and there, and we start to see this roster taking shape more and more. You got to see them go against different guys, different schemes, stuff that they didn't prepare for and have to adjust on the fly. And in doing so, they looked like they had a, a command of their system, both offensively and defensively. And that's massive to be able to say at this point in camp. A completely new staff, a lot of guys learning yeah. a lot of new stuff. And to your point, I think that, you know, at the end of the season, whenever the season ends, hopefully it's going to be in, you know, the second week of February, whenever it is. But I think that when we look back at kind of the story of this year, having that extra week of camp is going to be so important. We're going to look oh, yeah. back like, look, the Raiders were able to get those three, four, five extra days in, get some work in, start stacking those bricks, insert football cliche here. Yeah. But I think that is, has been such an important kind of like kind of mini mini storyline to everything that we've seen throughout training camp and ultimately that we'll see throughout the regular season. But, you know, we were talking to Samara about it. The other side of this now is the joint practices are great. Everyone's super fired up. The Raiders are going to wrap up the preseason against said yeah. Patriots tomorrow night at Allegiant Stadium. And we still go into this preseason finale, Jesse Merrick, with no shortage of questions about this team. Now, do we have a lot more clarity on certain things than we did a week ago? A thousand percent. But still big questions going into tomorrow night. And when you look at those big questions, what are the ones that stand out to you? I mean, look, we've been talking about it all camp long. And I know it's, a, it's not the sexiest one as we've talked about, but offensive line. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that we've been following all along. And now some wrenches have been thrown into it a bit here. Uh, you know, Illuminor's getting more work at right tackle. You know, again, I, I've, I've found myself saying I shouldn't be surprised because to me, he has been the most impressive of those guys that are fighting for jobs. Uh, you know, so him seeing him get more work, Dylan Parham getting more work, you know, those guys playing with the ones out there here against the Pats. And to me, I told myself going into it, 
the group that we see rolled out there, you know, for those for these practices is probably who these this coaching staff feels are their guys. So now, okay, let's see, because it seems as though that battle between Parham and John Simpson has really heated up at left guard, specifically at right tackle. Can Leatherwood rebound from a less-than-stellar performance against the Dolphins, and can Illuminor hold on to the position that he's been in? This is a guy we know versatility all the time, has played all across the offensive line. I want to see the guy lined up at center just to show yeah, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, that's the only position he hasn't played. So I think this staff really likes what they see in him. So let's see who lines up out there for this game, because I wouldn't be shocked if maybe we don't even see some of those guys now at this point. If we do, can they continue to build on what they've started right now? And kind of just to, to follow up on that, another one, and it's admittedly not sexy, I understand that. Who's going to be your swing tackle? Yeah. Right? We haven't seen Brandon Parker in, in a minute. You know, Josh McDaniels has understandably not given him too much away in terms of what his timeline looks like, nor should he in late August. Yeah. But, you know, understanding that Brandon Parker... Going into this year, it felt like from the outside looking in, if he didn't win that right tackle job outright, which he may very well have done, he was going to be your de facto swing tackle, right? Mm-hmm. He's played left tackle. He's played right tackle. It's up for debate, I think, how effectively you think he has done that. But he's been able to do it at a, at a professional level. Who's going to be that guy now? Because if Illuminor is your starting right tackle, he can't all of a sudden be in two spots at once. So that to me is now, we talked about the numbers game a lot, right? You look at guys who have the versatility to do multiple things. How does that shake out? Because once again, I would be shocked, shocked if we saw Colton Miller tomorrow night. Yeah. So who's going to line up at left tackle? Do you, do you move Jermaine to left tackle and give someone a shot on the right? Like that to me, and admittedly not the sexiest, flashiest thing, but really important jobs that are going to be won tomorrow night. Yeah, I think it also too, the, with, with that in mind, we've seen Jermaine play at left tackle in lieu of Colton Miller in, in each of the games. And so... One thing that I point to, you know, to your point about like it may not be a starter with that swing tackle position. I don't know about that, you know, because Josh noted. Uh, I remember, man, this was. I wish I could tell you which interview it was. Uh, who knows? One of them who early knows? on in camp. You know, he was talking about those battles and swing tackle and whatnot, and he said, you know, with the versatility and all that, it could be a starter that ends up moving. So if Jermaine is a guy that ends up starting, I think he's your swing tackle, regardless of whether or not he is the starter or not. And then they pop someone in there at right tackle if he's has if he has to move to the left. You know, God forbid, let's yeah. hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so that's where I think maybe that is the case. I think they don't care. You know, whether you're a starter or not, the guys are going to move around. You know, and we've seen that throughout camp. They've thrown out 50 million different combos along that O line. And they've talked about, and they've been very steadfast in it. They talk about that that top five, right? You're yeah. they're going to put the best five guys out there. Doesn't matter what you know the position versatility they have. They're going we're going to put the best five offensive linemen that we have out there. Another one to keep an eye on. Something you and I have talked about a lot. Who is going to win these wide receiver jobs? And there are no shortage of quality candidates. I think DJ Turner has, I don't want to say, you know, completely earned a, a roster spot, but it feels like he's pretty darn close. Yeah. So who is going to, first off, how many how many numbers are going to be in that room? Who's going to win that last spot or two spots or possibly three spots? Someone's going to go out and win a job in that wide receiver room tomorrow night. I'm yeah. Talking about. I mean, the ones we talked about so much, Keelan Cole, DJ Turner, and T. Billy. I Billy. mean, those are the three to really keep an eye on. And it's exciting because, like, again, we talked about it with the O-line. A lot of people don't like to talk about it because it's not flashy or whatever. Well, okay, the receivers are as flashy as it gets. These guys have big game. You know, I think Keelan Cole is more one of those guys that slides under the radar just because everything he does, it doesn't, like, look like, oh, my gosh. But he's just consistent. You know, that was one word I think you and I, you've mm-hmm. used before when talking about him. And that's exactly the case with him. Whereas DJ and T-Billy, I think, are a little more explosive type guys. They have that speed element more so that you can see. I think Keelan just kind of glides, so he doesn't maybe look as fast as he actually is. But, man, I mean, 
that's the one that's, you know, as a former receiver, I love watching those battles, you know, just seeing all that play out. That's definitely going to be something to watch. And one thing, too, that I keep thinking as we've talked about this throughout the entire podcast, we don't talk about the defense a ton, but that's a good thing because there's not as much, like, up for grabs. I mean, there's some battles, you know, in the linebacking core, you know, Masterson and Darian Butler, you know, which one of those guys is going to merge? Do they both make the team? Who knows? You know, how many backers they keep? But, you know, guys that have played very well in, in groups to watch and stuff, and that's where it's just like, man, like, I think you have to be excited if you're a member of Raider Nation that there's not this like, oh, who's going to be, you know, your number two guy at this position or that position. We talked in it. We walked in thinking, you know, at corner that that was going to be an area of weakness. Well, all of a sudden it's like, hey, not so fast. They've got some guys, a good solid four that I think they can be very comfortable with. And I think just to give something a little under the radar to keep an eye on on the defense, and you and I have talked about this a handful of times, your third rusher, right? Your yeah. third edge rusher, who's it going to be? I mean, you feel really, really good about Chandler. You feel really, really good about Max, the big fellows in the middle, Hankins, Bilal, like you feel good about that. You're going to rotate. Who's going to be that third guy? Does yeah. Malcolm Koontz really kind of rise up? Does he do enough to earn that spot? I mean, you know, they are not the sexiest battles, and I, I completely understand that. But to your point, especially on defense, that is a really, really good thing. It is. It's something that you just got to be like, feel like, steady about. You yeah. know, if you're a fan, where it's not like, oh man, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? I think too, one of the easier answers I think is Koontz. You know, as that number three guy. Uh, you know, and that's something where he's going to kind of continue that progression. I think he's made some strides, and also again working with Max again, bringing Chandler Jones in. That is only going to help this kid grow his game. And I think one of the big, you know, the big aspects of this defense that I feel like maybe we haven't talked about them enough. I think you hit the nail on the head where we kind of feel good about what they're going to bring to the table. But everything that we've heard about Patrick Graham and from Patrick Graham is the adjustments, the mid-game adjustments, the week-to-week adjustments. And you're going pretty vanilla yeah. during during the preseason. Exactly. You know, you're not. We're not getting the exotic blitz pa- blitz packages. We're not getting these kind of wholesale philosophical changes from week to week to week. And nor should we. But I think that that's really when we're going to learn. I would argue we're going to learn more about this defense between you know from week one to week four 100%. than we will over the past six months. Yeah, definitely. Because that's when the bullets are flying. When it's real. They're going to be running their real stuff, you know, because, again, you don't want to show off all this stuff. You still want that element of surprise when you get to the first week of the season. And, look, there's tape out there of what Patrick Graham does during the regular season. There's no doubt about that. But not with this team, with this personnel, with Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, all those different guys. You know, that's the thing where it's going to be fun to see how that emerges. And that's why we maybe don't talk as much about the defenses because – you know, again, it's so vanilla. It's more of that just like, hey, getting the technique down, working your way through a lot of those things. But there is still so many things that have been interesting to watch, you know, the growth uh, on that side of the ball. You mentioned Malcolm Koontz, you know, take it back down to the D-line. I think this is a big week. Uh, or Well, uh, tomorrow is a big day, I think, for Cleveland Farrell. You know, he's a guy we haven't seen, yeah. you know, for a while throughout most of camp. He's back now, and it's one game. Obviously, the, you know, practices are going to take more into account with that, but this is your chance to shine. Yeah, and, and if you're Clee, right, I mean – you need to put your best foot forward in yeah. this final opportunity, right? And, and I think that one thing that has never been up for debate about Klee, an incredibly talented dude, a dude who has all the tools in the toolbox, and now in a new system, in a new scheme with Patrick Graham, let's see what you got, Yeah, right? You know, and, and I think Josh and Dave have been so open and transparent, and we've seen it play out in, in their actions where everyone comes in with a fresh slate, right? doesn't matter if you're a first-round pick, if you're an undrafted guy, if you're somewhere in between. They are viewing and evaluating every single guy based on who they are. doesn't matter, you know, the, the number attached to you, what jersey them, none of that. They're coming in and they're evaluating football players. And I think that is the best possible thing for Klee at this point. You know, no, no preconceived notions about who he is, what he can bring to the table. Go out there tomorrow night, 
ball out and and let's see what see what happens uh, later next week yeah and that's the thing is I'm, I'm curious to see you know where he lines up in different situations mm-hmm. and stuff like that because we've seen you know in previous years he slides inside outside you know things like that so that's where I'm curious to see how this coaching staff views his ability and, and what opportunities they put him in to show you know hey this is what I can do you know and selfishly and I know it doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot I'd like to see the Raiders go undefeated in the preseason yeah I'd like to see them start a little Baltimore Ravens esque exactly yeah, that thing's still alive right what is yeah. that 22 23 something absurd like that I want to say it's up to 23, 23 now I thought they said which Jeez. is insane and look That's like wild it doesn't mean anything but it does but at it the does, same yeah. time because like look it, would you rather him go 0 and 4 exactly you know so I mean look it, there's something to be said about getting it done at the end of the day, yeah, the result doesn't matter, but you still beat another team that was key competing to try and win the game because they're all competitors, man. They all want to win, even though it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but I, I, also you're 100 percent right. Where the the you know these stats don't go down in yeah. the NFL archives, but you try telling you know you know player number 52 on this roster like exactly. no, it, this game doesn't matter. For him, it matters a lot. Heck yeah. It matters a lot, and it'll be a lot of fun to watch uh, tomorrow night. Uh, like I said, for those of you who are watching on the YouTube, Jesse and I are going to take a water break. For those of you that are listening on the Raiders Podcast Network, stick around because we're going to play our interview with our new friend from the New England Patriots. I know that sounds weird to say. Uh, <laughs> Tamara Brown, who covers the Pats for Patriots.com. And, man, we are really, really excited. We're, you know, we're finishing the show strong, Jesse, our finale, and we're bringing in, and I hate to say it, we're bringing in a member of the Patriots. But <laughs> Tamara Brown has been such a good sport hanging out with us. She covers the Pats for Patriots.com. And uh, first things first, uh, what has it been like for you guys? I feel like you guys have been on a world tour this training camp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like training camp um, coming all the way out to the West has been crazy. Uh, I'm glad we came out on Sunday, honestly, because we had a little bit of time to get adjusted. I practiced on Monday solo before joint practices started. And I think that, honestly, being able to play in – multiple different types of, I guess, elements before the season starts is really helpful, especially when you start week one in Miami. A lot of you guys, beat reporters, were talking about the fact you guys came out here a little early, mm-hmm. kind of adjusted to the heat. I'm sure you know, like, a dry heat and a humidity, obviously very different. But I'm just curious, like, from your perspective, like, what's it been like being here in Vegas, dealing with those elements? Some of the players talked about it yesterday, too. Yeah, so I actually, before I started with the Patriots, I lived in South Florida. I lived in Miami. Oh, so yeah. I was used to that type of heat, and you feel just wet all the time, yeah. versus here, it's dry. And I honestly feel like... It was a little bit better because if you found the shade, you could cool off a little bit versus in humidity. Even if you're in the shade, you're still sweating. Oh, yeah. Um, which I think Lawrence Guy, one of our guys, he's from Las Vegas. So that was the way he described it, too. Like, you know, I'm good with the heat. I'm wearing sweatpants out here at practice. Like, I'm fine. I'm sure you all saw Judon, too, with his yeah. giant hoodie on yeah. every day. It's like some of them aren't phased by it. But, I, you know, it is an adjustment. And it, it's a lot of them said it's like a mental thing, too. Like, just thinking about, like. Not thinking about being hot. Yeah. Do you know they got some Vegas guys in the Patriots? I didn't know that. They do, yeah. Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I think there's, is there one or two more? I, I just know of Ramondre. Lawrence Guy, and then um, Ramondre went to Centennial. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah. yeah our, our, visiting, our resident Vegas expert, Jesse, Yeah, no, Ramondre's a Vegas legend, man. People mm-hmm. love him out here. So it's, it's always cool to see guys like that come back. He's a guy that I know a lot of people are excited to see, you know, if he plays in the game and whatnot, and what kind of burn he gets. Where, where'd he go to school, Jesse? Centennial. Oh, but I mean like college. college. Oh, oh, he went to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, so a big dog coming yeah. out of it. Oh, no, definitely. Like, he yeah. was one that, like, people kept their eye on big time and, like, followed him all the way through. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. That's cool. He's a great guy and saw a lot of playing time as a rookie, and so mm-hmm. we're just super excited to see the, like, year two growth that he has. 100%. You know, speaking of, of things that we've been excited to see, 
I mean, we've had the, these two days, or I guess the previous two days, as we record this on a Thursday, circled on the calendar since when? June, mid, mid-June, whenever we found out yeah. the past were coming to town. Um, just from your perspective, and you've seen, you've had a chance to go, you know, it feels like you're saying, like on tour of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. but like, tour day NFL. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, what do you think the benefits have been, you know, just I think in, in a big, like philosophical way to have these joint practices? Honestly, I think after like the first like four days of training camp, you're like, wow, training camp is back. This is great. And then it gets kind of stale. Like mm-hmm. you're just seeing the same guys. You know the plays. You know the personnel. Like you know. And so I think that finally being able to have joint practices against the Carolina Panthers and then also come here into Las Vegas, we've actually been able to see where the team sits because it's like – you can't really see, like, is the defense really good or is the offense, you know, still trying to find their groove? Um, it's hard to, you know, give the defense a ton of credit when the offense has a new installation happening on offense without McDaniels. Obviously, that, that's going to come up. But yeah. um, it's hard to tell. So these joint practices have been super helpful. And unfortunately, I'm sure you guys saw what happened last week with the Panthers um, where there was a lot of other things extracurriculars <laughs> yes yeah, so i think this week was just really productive and i think we probably got a lot out of it especially too without all of the other things happening yeah that was i mean that was honestly like on to that point last year against the rams you know the raiders and we all we all went out there for that one with joint practices and it was a mess i mean there was all kinds yeah. of fighting all from this day, stuff. from day one exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean you know and it was crazy so you see you know how much work you're lacking in when that goes down and so for me, one of the things that stuck out, you know, about all of this was how business-like it was and the respect that's clearly there between the two teams. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely felt the same way. I'm, if we walked away like, this is how joint practices should be. Yeah. It's like you're actually coming out. You're you're really being able to see, like, okay, this is where our weaknesses are. These are our strengths are. Like, you know, you're able to make those adjustments from day one to day two, which I thought the Patriots were able to do, especially on defense going up against Devontae Adams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. But I think that that's what it's supposed to be like and hopefully moving forward. Forward, there will be no incidents like what happened last week. Exactly. And I think, you know, <laughs> it's fun, it's entertaining for us, but like it, to everyone's point, it does kind of mm-hmm. take away from the purpose yeah. of joint practice. Yeah. Right. Now, do I enjoy a nice skirmish as much as the next guy? Absolutely. Yeah. Like last year was entertaining as heck. Like when we were down in LA, <laughs> it was very entertaining. It was incredibly entertaining. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it takes away from the, the purpose of these two days. And the NFL calendar, you guys both know, is so condensed and you got to take advantage of every rep and every day and every practice. Like when you get away from that, and the Raiders had to call it early last year, remember that second day in yeah, LA? Yeah. They, yeah. Coach Gruden was like, we're done. Hop on get the, on the bus. Time yeah. to go home. Yeah. And so the fact that we were, both teams were able to get in such good work uh, over the past couple of days has been really important. But I'm curious for you, obviously joining us from New England, <laughs> right? Uh, Josh McDaniels coming from New England. And not just Josh, yeah. a handful of coaches on the staff, a bunch of players, Brandon Bolden, Jakob Johnson, just to name a few. What has kind of the, the tone and tenor been with Josh's departure and ultimate arrival here in Las Vegas from your guys' side of things? I think that obviously, you know, they still have a great relationship. Like we saw them talking throughout practice. Obviously, Josh McDaniels had great things to say about Bill and his press press conference. And I like how, honestly, how he supported everything that's happening in New England, especially with the not naming um, an offensive coordinator. He's just like, Bill knows what he's doing. I know that, you know, we can't, see the the end game we can't see the final product but he knows what he's doing and I think that you know especially with Bill Belichick being arguably one of the best coaches of all time I don't think you you get to say argue there I think (laughs) we have to trust that he knows what he's doing um and I think it's just hard it's like you know when there's growing pains it's hard to see like you know I I said this on our on our podcast Patriots Unfiltered it's like you know when you take out a 350 piece 
puzzle or puzzle and you're like you see on the box like okay this is what it's going to look like at the end when we put it all together it's like when you dump all the pieces out it's like hard to envision that it's really going to get there and that's where I feel like at the start of training camp looking at the Patriots offense without Josh McDaniels it was like okay where is this going like you know what's happening but now I think that through the joint practices being able to see like what the team really has. Oops, sorry. You're good. You're I'm good. Um, I'm a hand talker too. Don't worry about yeah. it. I, I feel like the fear that was going throughout the entire media and just all over Twitter and everything about like the Patriots offense is a mess. Like what's going on? I think that we've been able to calm down a little bit now through two joint practices to see like okay, like they know what they're doing. They're finding their rhythm. It's just taking a little bit longer to find that chemistry that was there for so long with Josh McDaniels at the helm. Yeah, I mean, look, when you lose a piece like that that's been yeah. there for so long, it's going to take time, and that's what camp is for, yeah. you know, to kind of iron things out and figure those out, and that's where even here, you know, uh, Josh McDaniels has let Mick Lombardi call some plays during the games and stuff like that as a just-in-case. Like, we know McDaniels is going to call plays, but it's this is the time to experiment and do those things. But you noted it earlier when you were talking about some of observations and stuff like that. Devontae, you brought up his mm-hmm. name. He was the talk of the town among all the reporters from uh, Boston. So I'm just curious your take on Devontae and what he kind of showed, specifically day one and just day two as well, but overall. Oh, he's as good as advertised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was my first time seeing him up close and personal, and I was blown away. And I think that, you know, our guys respect him, too, for what he is. Like, they all said, like, you know, he is – the best wide receiver in the league. Like, we can't ignore that. So being able to see that, being able to go up against that, like, you obviously know he's going to win some balls. He's going yeah. to he's going to score. But it's finding that ability to limit some of those. I mm-hmm. think that they were able to walk away, especially day two, with a little bit more confidence. Um, and to be able to see this now in training camp, when you're going to have to go against Tyreek Hill in week one and Jalen Waddell um, and, and the Bills down the road twice, and it's just – Really helpful, I think, that, you know, these two days were probably really tough going against that talent. I mean, even Hunter Renfro, too. Yeah. It, it's – you walk away, you don't feel defeated because it's like, all right, like you're going against the best. That's, but that's what you have to do to get better. Like, you know, you, yeah. you don't want to be complacent going against the same guys, you know, that you know that you can win a ball against. Yeah, so, it's, it, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you yeah. off. Like, that's what, that's what our guys have said, too, a lot, where yeah. it's good to kind of just – you know, kind of get a gauge to where you are yeah. as we're now 17 weeks into training. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> but to see to see someone new, right, to be able to understand, like, okay, this is what we're, we're feel really good about. These are the areas that we need to get better in in the next two weeks before we do this for real. And I think that, I think we've all kind of said it in, in a variety of different ways, but when joint practices work, when, they, when they're kind of held and operated like we had the past couple of days, they're incredibly valuable, arguably more valuable than the preseason games, yeah. and that it's just a net positive for everyone being on their best behavior and getting work done. But, you know, the, the second part of the joint practice is you guys are playing us uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, it's Thursday, mm-hmm. right, Jesse? Yeah, Thursday? yeah, yeah, no, the days I are I don't know yesterday. what day it is. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> my God. It is comforting to know that it's not just us. Yeah. No one here is like, oh, I think today is Thursday. No. But Friday night at Allegiant Stadium, uh, I guess kind of in a big picture view for, for you all, like what are you hoping to see from, from that preseason finale? Honestly, I have no idea who's going to play in the preseason finale is, is I think, the, the biggest question mark. I know that after the per- first preseason game, not seeing any of the starters out there, especially with all the questions on offense, it was kind of like, oh, well, this kind of sucks. We can't really see, you know, mm-hmm. if they're finding their rhythm or consistency. But then the second preseason game, we did see the offense for a few series. And so it was like, okay, we saw some steps being taken. It kind of similar to – during practices, the offense started off really slow and then picked it up later on in the same way that they did here with the two-minute drills. Like, they were better towards the end of practice. So 
Um, I'm kind of hoping that we do see the starters again tomorrow, but you know, I'm not Bill Belichick. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking. Um, but uh, I'm hoping that you know we continue to see the offense make some progress and some, make some strides. As you know, how they all say, stack the days. Uh-huh. That's what I'm hoping to see. But outside of that, if the starters don't play, um, I'm kind of hoping to see the defense, especially our linebackers, the young guys that we really haven't been able to see the past year or two or so when you had Calvin Noy and the Dante Hightowers of the world who are no longer on the team, kind of seeing where they are um, because we're going to have to rely on those guys for depth this year without those veterans in the room anymore. Yeah, and, and one thing I'm curious about too, you know, we see it all the time, you know, the final preseason game, it's a lot of those guys that are fighting for roster yeah. spots, you know, this is their last opportunity. Who are some guys, you know, on your guys' side that impressed you that, you know, are really in the mix of that battle that some fans on both sides should really kind of pay attention to? Wide receiver, little Jordan Humphrey. Okay. Um, our wide receiver room, we've been talking about it all year. It's like, okay, who is going to make the roster? Because there's so many guys in that room. Um, unfortunately, obviously, Tyquan Thornton is going to be out for a few weeks um, with a shoulder injury that happened in last week's preseason game. Um, and so I think that does create an opportunity for potentially like an extra person to make it while he's out. But I think that Lil Jordan Humphrey, the way that he's um, been so versatile, especially on special teams, he had a great play last week in, in the Carolina game. And I think that He's also had great success as a wide receiver. They've been using him in a multiple different looks. So I think that he's a guy that's so versatile that he's helping himself, I think, make a roster spot. Um, and then also Ty Montgomery, same thing. He's so versatile, special teams. He can play running back. He can play wide receiver. I think those two guys are ones that we would be happy to have. Um, just probably guys that you're going to be on the lookout for tomorrow night because they'll probably be playing. Yeah, no, definitely. With Ty specifically, I mean, he's mm-hmm. a guy we've seen him do it in Green Bay, you know, all over the years, you know, so that's that's that one. We always talk about it, like, I'm sure as you guys as well, the buzzword versatility with the staff. You oh, know, yeah. So many guys showing, you know, they can do a million different roles. Oh, yeah, I think that's going to be so important. I think that those are two guys um, that are probably going to be playing tomorrow night. Can't say for sure, but those would be two guys that I'd be looking at because there's so many of them in that wide receiver room. Same thing with cornerbacks, like in safeties. We have so many, um, and I'm hoping to see that. You know, when you look past the Adrian Phillips, the Jabril Peppers of the world, um, who's going to really show up because there's so many guys. Like we drafted Jack Jones, Marcus Jones. We have Miles Bryant in there too. It's like, all right, so we know what the veterans can do. Let's see, you know, when you look at the rest of the room, how they stack up. It's so funny, too, you bring up the right receivers. Like, that's something you and I talk about yeah. literally every time we're in here to do the show. Mm-hmm. It's like what you're playing the numbers game of, you know, it's such a talented room. There's so many guys that if they don't stick here, they're going to be on an NFL roster week one. No oh, yeah. doubt. Oh, so 100%. it's like, who do you, how do you, how do you massage the numbers? How do you stash guys here? Who's going to clear waivers, all that stuff. But, you know, it's just a credit, I think, to, to what Dave and Josh have done and, and Bill as well on your side of things of building that talent, uh, of making it really, really tough come Tuesday to see who's going to make that 53. But before we get out of here, I just got to ask you, have you been to Allegiant yet? I have not. Ooh. I have not been, but we drove past it um, coming from the airport and also like just going to get dinner at the strip and stuff. And it was stunning. Like, just, you feel like you're at Disney World, just taking, like, yeah. videos from the outside. Like, as you're driving by on the highway, beautiful. Um, you know, and Bill Belichick has said nothing but great things about this facility and the stadium, and I can only echo that and just, 
like be glad that we got to be here this week. Yeah, it's a it's a nice uh, <laughs> nice place to go home, no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah. But Tamara, we appreciate you hanging out. You came in on your pseudo off day to to come kick it with us for a minute. Very much appreciated. We'll see you tomorrow night. Good luck to everyone involved. I yeah. think that's mm-hmm. fair to say. Yeah. We're just rooting for uh, everyone to come out healthy and to and to get some good work done over the sixty minutes. Thank you for hanging out, and uh, and we'll see you later this weekend. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And Jesse Merrick, we have come to our final segment of the Raiders Training Camp podcast presented by SiriusXM. And as we kind of go out, as we get ready to embark on the regular season, I think let's take this moment. What have we learned, big picture, about this team in 2022 over the past, call it four or five weeks? What, yeah. what sticks out to you? I mean, there's there's so many like little things we could throw out there, players that stood out, stuff like that. I'm going to take more of like a broad approach where like, you know, with this new staff coming in, I wasn't sure, you know, obviously coming in from New England and everything like that, uh, you know, how forthcoming information was going to be and things like that. To me, they've kind of told us things and then gone and done it. You know, they talk about versatility being key. You look at the guys that are stuck around, guys that are getting opportunities. Like, it's the guys that do the most things, the versatility that they have. I mean, look, they built this roster, uh, you know, and, and gotten rid of some pieces that didn't fit their versatility and what they're looking for and things like that, you know, specifically along the offensive line. Um, you know, so for me, it's been kind of the honesty, you know, in, in, in talking about different things with this roster and whatnot. They may not always dive into, you know, all the minutia and all the details that maybe some of us do want, but they'll tell you, hey, look, you know, this guy's going to get this opportunity, whatever it is. You know, Lester Cotton, that is one that kind of sticks out to me. You know, we heard all the talk about it in OTAs and everything like that. And I think everybody's real hesitant. Well, they were, they've been telling us since OTAs that Lester Cotton stood out to him. And if you look at everything we've seen throughout camp in the games, Lester Cotton's the guy at right guard. So that's just one thing to me that, like, stands out is, one, good on Lester, coming in fresh slate, doing his thing, but also this staff, you know, telling you essentially, like, hey, look, this is what we're going for, and it's not, like, talking around things, if that makes sense. No, and I think very much the actions have yeah. followed up what we've seen and heard in, in the media sessions, yeah. right? And I think that's uh, an important thing, and I think, you know, to your point— you know, we're all coming in fresh with Josh and Dave, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are coming in a little bit differently than we are, but we're still all collectively learning. You and I have talked about yeah. that a lot, where we are going to learn so much about this this group over the next, you know, now four or five months, whatever it is. And we've learned a lot over the first six, but we're just going to keep learning and learning and learning. And I think to me, outside of the fact that they've been, you know, kind of true to their word and, and really haven't tried to pull the wool over anyone's eyes in terms yeah. of what the expectations are, what they're looking for in terms of building a roster— My big takeaway is that, you know, as we record on August 25th, Dave Ziegler and Josh have done a fantastic job putting a roster together. Yeah. Because come Tuesday, there are going to be some really, really, really tough decisions for those guys to have to make. And there have been years past where we were talking about this. There's been years past where we went into camp and you know who your receivers are. You feel pretty good about your offensive lineman. Your biggest your biggest question mark is who is going to be our backup, you know, backup nickel cornerback. Yeah. There's some really tough decisions that these dudes are going to have to make at the beginning of the next week because the depth on this roster is better than we have seen in a really long time. I know we've harped on it a lot, but the wide receivers and the running backs in particular, I mean, just to go back to earlier this week, Kenyon Drake is objectively a really good football yeah. player. Yeah. Like no questions asked, a really good football player. And for whatever reason, he is not going to be, you know, Dave decided he's ultimately not going to be a part of this program. So I think what I have learned is these guys have done a fantastic job building a roster. We are really close to the finish line in terms of seeing what that final product is going to be. But kudos to those guys, tip of the hat, for really over this past six months coming in, identifying what they needed and and doing it in a pretty major way. Yeah, and that's one thing that I think has stood out about this staff is like, 
the clear plan that they have yes. in, in building that roster and doing that and creating things here. Um, you know, and they've been swift in, in all of their actions. You know, you look at, you know, on letting a guy like Kenyon go. I think that's, you know, good on them for letting him go to give him an opportunity to go find another team, not wait and keeping him around until these last uh, round of cuts. You know, a guy like Demarcus Robinson as well, early on, let him go do his thing. They're, they're, they're willing to, I hate to say admit that they made a mistake because I don't want to call those guys mistakes. But I know what you, you know mean, what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, they're willing to say, hey, look, this isn't, you know, this fit's not working or, you know, we have some other guys that, you know, jumped off to us that I, we think are going to be better fits. And they just move forward. It's not a hanging on or holding on. They're, they're not worried about, you know, fixing things and moving forward and, you know, correcting, again, the, I, the word mistakes, I hate using it, but correcting the mistakes of previous regimes. You know, they're okay with moving on, saying this is our plan, this is what we're going to do, boom, and it's done. There's no dilly-dallying. It's, it's just going forward. So they have a very clear sense of identity, I think, of what they that's, want in each different position. That's perfectly said. And, and I think you, you bring up DeMarcus and you bring up Kenyon, and where do those, what rooms were those guys in? The wide receiver room exactly. and the running back room that we have talked about so much. And yeah. I think that you know, there, to, to every action, there's an equal opposite reaction, right? So you have, you, know, you, you part ways with Kenyon Drake, and you do that because maybe you were pleasantly surprised by what you've seen from these rookies. Maybe you were pleasantly surprised by maybe, you know, Zamir is a little further along than you thought. Maybe Britton Brown flashed a little something that you weren't expecting to see in the preseason. Yeah. The wide receiver room. Hey, maybe T. Billy was a little more explosive than we anticipated when we saw him on tape. Like, there's so many, you know, kind of stories within the story. And I think that the credit goes to the guys still in that room for making these decisions really hard. 100%. You know, that's the thing is you got to give it up to the players for, for doing that. Because, you know, camp is hard, man. Oh, dude. I mean, you know to T. Billy, like, he's a guy I, I remember from day one of camp being like, oh, wait, hang on a second. And he, he has done that and caught people's eye throughout. You know, there's plenty of guys who have done the same thing, but it's maybe not as flashy we've talked about. Um, you know, but it's just like seeing, seeing the growth of guys like him. You know, a guy like Zamir White, who we didn't see early on in camp, came on, popped, and has continued to do that. Uh, you know, to me, it's also, you look at, you know, they make the trade for Devontae, obviously lose the first and second round picks in that deal there. And they went and got some quality players. I mean, Parham, a guy, how many times do you see a rookie come in, especially along the offensive line, and play so many different positions and play it well and clearly earn the trust of the staff? Uh, very, very rarely. I mean, yeah. that was one of the things after the first preseason game, and not to build you up too much, I was like, that was, I think, the, the tweet of our collective evening, right? When you brought up the fact that, hey, this is a rookie who seven months ago was yeah. playing at Memphis, exactly. and now he's out there rolling in the, in the Hall of Fame game, going all along the interior of that offensive line. A huge credit to him for putting himself in that position, but a big shout-out to Dave and Josh for identifying, like, this is a guy who, versatility, yeah. who has the versatility that we want, that we covet, and can do a whole bunch of things. And the hope is he can do a whole bunch of things really, really well. But it is, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head where you said, there's an identity, mm -hmm. right, where Dave and Josh from day one have made it clear what their expectation is, what the goal is, and how they're going to get there. And now, over the past four or five weeks of training camp, over these first three preseason games, obviously you'll see one more tomorrow night, we've seen, you know, maybe the mosaic isn't completely done yet, mm -hmm. but it's pretty clear what they're going for and what it's going to look like at the end. Oh, 100%. <clears throat> and I'm so curious to see... You know, a couple days from now, come Tuesday, you know, who are the guys that, <clears throat> as I got a frog in my Oh, it happens. It right, happens. Right down the tail end of this uh. thing, huh? Um, but, uh, you know, I'm curious to see, you know, how we see that vision come to life even more. You know, there's obviously going to be some surprise names that don't make this team. We've already seen them, but there's going to be more as we move forward into here. So I, I'm just excited to see, you know, 
that vision take place in the sense of this is our 53, this is what we're going into. And obviously that's going to change sure. you know, throughout the year. But uh, to see the final decisions <clears throat> that they make here and get rolling. And I think the biggest, the biggest compliment that we can give Dave and Josh at this juncture is that there's going to be a lot of guys who don't make this 53 that are going to have jobs in the NFL 100%. 24 hours later. Yeah. Right? And that hasn't always been the case. And that's not a shot at anyone. That's not uh, saying anything bad about a previous regime. Regime. That's just reality. And I think that when we get the final roster on Tuesday and then we wake up on Wednesday and see who signed, I think there's going to be a lot of dudes on this team, or excuse me, who were on this team, and that are not going to be jobless for very long. 100%. And also, too, one thing <clears throat> to come out of these uh, joint practices, you know there's going to be at least one Patriot that doesn't make their team that ends up here. And vice versa, yeah, probably. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm curious who that guy's going to be. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, what moves are made? Because there's going to be some surprise cuts, some vets, whatever, you know, throughout the league, who comes into the fold here? That that's Those are the interesting parts where, you know, I, I think I remember you noting it last year at the this, this time, you know, that – it's a living, breathing beast, that roster, that 53, and it's going to continue to change, you know, all throughout the year, uh, you know, and this is just the, the infancy of it, but we've been able to see it go from 90 guys, you know, down to the 80, 80 right now, We're at yeah. 80 right now. down to the 80, uh, but see the growth from all these guys from then, from OTAs, from now, I mean, it's been something that I think Raider Nation has to be very excited about. A thousand percent, and just put it this way, as we kind of put a bow on, on our show for the year, final cut day is on Tuesday, that's August 30th. The Raiders don't play a game until September 11th. <laughs> Crazy. So you better believe that they're the roster that we see next Tuesday, and we're going to get into it and dissect it and, and look way too much into it. <laughs> There's going to be a few changes between now and week one against the Chargers, and that's the nature of the beast. That's the you know what, what makes this league so exciting because especially towards the bottom of that roster, the the personnel moves, the crafty. How are we going to sh- you know shift this guy here? How can we stash him here? Like. All those kind of games within the roster management world are going to be a blast to uh, to watch. And, dude, this has been a blast. Year oh, yeah. two with us. We did it. We succeeded. Uh, it has been so much fun to do this. Shall we do it again in 11 months, 10 hey, and a half months? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. I cannot wait. So, <laughs> for the final time this summer, Freddy Pascal, my man Jesse Merrick, uh, Ray Behind the Glass, Alexandra, and a huge shout-out to our, our, our video staff, Peyton and Stevie and all those guys who have added a really nice, unique element to the Heck show yeah, this man. year. Going forward building us out we really really appreciate it and thank you to all of you guys who have listened who have watched who have sent jesse and i kind comments on the twitter Uh, it has been so much fun to kind of go on this journey together and as crazy as it sounds we are just starting i know right? we are just starting (laughs) so make sure you hang out with us for the rest of the year make sure you tune in with jesse on news three throughout the entire uh the entire nfl season hang out with us the silver and black productions and we will see you guys next time for our next iteration of the raiders training camp podcast presented by sirius xm Thank you for listening to another episode of the Raiders Training Camp Podcast. Presented by SiriusXM. To stay up to date on all the latest with the silver and black, download our mobile app and subscribe to the Raiders Podcast Network. gets you into every Raiders preseason game. Learn all about the team, plus hear your music, talk, comedy, and more. Subscribe now and get your first three months free. Get ready for some Raiders football.